This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Damn these Biloxi blues It happens every night yeah. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine Nah Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you out another time Sick. This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No, no. I don't Just care. don't even, even care Just a little bit, kind of, not even Right to the hook right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live, the not so live variety from the low budget live bar and grill in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And what's up, you bunch of low lifers? Hope you're all doing well out there. Thank you for joining me for this podcast for Monday. October, yes, you heard me right, October the 3rd, and we done clicked by another one. And man, it, it felt like October around here this week. We had some, uh, man, some some nice nights in the 40s. We're getting there. We're getting to where we need to be, get them uh, bass biting a little bit, get the deer running around, and it is uh, certainly turning into fall. Uh, supposed to spend the week this, this past week. In uh, in good Tamp- good old Tampa, Florida, for the IBEX show, International Boat Building Expo with TH Marine, and unfortunately, Hurricane Ian had other plans, and I just wanted to open the show with, uh, you know, man, I, I've I, I just I know people that have been impacted by hurricanes personally over the years, um, and it's never an easy situation, and this was one that 
it, it's terrible. It's terrible. The pictures, the videos, it's just awful what's going on, especially in that Fort Myers, Sanibel Island area. But really the flooding across the entire state, like it's bad. So I would ask, do what you can. Get online, check out. I mean, there are different people doing different things. I know Captains for Clean Water, they're doing some some uh, drop-offs down there in Florida. You can check all this out online. Uh, the W Sauce, our, one of our fine sponsors here, their, this past weekend, their sales, every all proceeds went directly because they're a Florida-based company directly to hurricane victims there. Um, but there are lots of different things you can do to help, and, and there's a lot of really good videos going around online of ways that you can help out uh, – help out the folks down there because man it's uh it's bad it's bad so uh thoughts and prayers with those folks down there and and hope that uh hope they can get back to some you know some kind of normalcy sooner than later it's it's certainly uh i mean man especially it's i'm speechless honestly it's it reminds me of michael uh that came through an area that that my family has loved for many years down mexico beach port saint joe uh, down where Randall Tharp BPT Pro lives, and man, it's just forever changed. Those those storms that are that big, it's just uh, nature. Nature rules all. Like Mother Nature wins. Like we 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 think that uh, we think we got things under control sometimes, but she can go, nah, not today, not today. And she certainly does that every fall, it seems, and bigger and badder um, as the years go on. Man, two miles an hour away from a Category Five and crazy so been around the house this week and uh getting some work done here at the at the bar and grill and and uh getting ready my boys it's fall break next week for them so or this week as you're listening to this so we're going to gunnersville for a couple of days to try to pull on some old bass in the express finally got it rigged out so got some time to do that this week since i was at home uh this past week and and got a chance to uh finish out rigging the express so ready to go but uh do what you can. Do what you can. If you can, you should in life. I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, do what you can to help those folks down there. They got a long, 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 long road ahead of them in a lot of areas down there in Florida. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in. Appreciate you. I know I say that a lot, but I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate the fine sponsors that make this show possible. Gonna, gonna run them off right here. Run them off. Probably gonna run them off. Gonna, gonna, gonna give them a shout out. Give them a little shout-out right here. First and foremost, StarTron, kicking ethanol in the teeth, in your chainsaw, in your weed eater, in your side-by-side, but the most important thing in your life that ethanol can mess up. I mean, I guess ethanol can technically mess up anything, but the most important thing, too, is that outboard engine. It'll gum up the works. We're headed in this time of year, like I said, cooler temperatures. You're going to be thinking about deer hunting. You're going to leave that bass boat sitting in the shop a little longer than you should. If you're going to store it longer than two weeks without cranking it up, without running some fuel through it, StarTron in the tank. Before you store, hit it with that StarTron. Stuff's available a lot of places. No excuses. Get you some StarTron. Put it in your tank. We appreciate the folks from StarTron bringing you low-budget life for five years now. Put you some StarTron in there. Kick ethanol in the teeth. Pro-Guide batteries. Finally, finally getting that boat rigged out. Got the Pro-Guides in. Running three of the 12 volt lithiums for my trolling. I'm running a 31 series AGM and same setup I ran last year for the most part. Absolutely love the batteries. I've had zero issues. You can try them for yourself at proguidebatteries.com. They've got some new award winning lithium batteries on there as well. Go check them out. Code LBL10 gets you a break and lets them know 
that you are a low lifer and you heard it right here and we appreciate that because all these sponsors make all this possible as we continue along with low budget live baitworks.com one of my favorite companies to work with we got the lob jig coming soon we had uh, a couple calls about it this week everything's coming together design and packaging the hooks are on the way the skirts are on the way and the second we get it all buttoned up they're going to be on the website we're going to be selling them i get a lot of messages about that since i've made some posts but we're going to we're going to get them to you hopefully man i i, I would say fingers crossed within a month we're going to have these things rolling I might have just got fired for saying that, but uh, as long as everything comes together like it seems to, we're going to have them out there for you to be right in the middle of jig season, okay? But baitworks.com, I made a big order this week. They got the new Z-Man Hellraiser topwater in. It was something I've talked about on the show. I saw it at ICAST. Very interesting topwater concept. I ordered me some this week, but if you'd like to try some of those or anything else there at Baitworks, use code duncan dash 10 to save you 10% and let them know you are a low lifer and we appreciate bait works last but not not least hang that banner baby the bassmaster classic winning express aluminum high performance bass boat that jason christie runs around all over the country two elite series wins out of that bad boy and the classic bill lowen got him an elite series trophy out of that thing as well Caleb Summerall out there doing work in his nonstop on the Elite Series. High performance, 21 feet, covered in sea deck. Got the Yamaha show on the back. Bad boy. Runs great. I'm running the new LE. Got a walkthrough video coming very soon now that I've finally got the freaking thing. I got five minutes to rig it out. So we are done. Everything's buttoned up. Got the Garmin's on. Uh, got uh, Sonar Pro harnesses, harness in there. And precision sonar mounts. Got to thank those folks for uh, for hooking me up there this year. And uh, man, I, I I got it out. Actually, I'm recording today on Saturday because my boys and I are actually leaving tomorrow to go to uh, Gunnersville. So just pretend this is Monday, October third, like always. And uh, we went out and ran it this morning, fully rigged, all the tackle in. Man, I got right. It's uh, it's a machine. It's a machine. So finally going to get to do some some uh, hardcore fishing out of it for the next few days. So I will report back and videos to come for sure. But Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas, they've been building excitement since 1966. All right. A few things. A few things. And we got, a, we got a guest today that I'm like, it's probably why I'm stumbling and fumbling around. I, I'm actually uh, I'm nervy. I'm nervy because it's one of my bass fishing heroes that we're going to get to talk to today. Very excited about our guest, but lots to talk about. First and foremost, uh, what, what do I got here? Yeah. Fishing drama. What? Uh, it's still fishing, but it's still but it's, but some drama. Uh, the Keith Pochet thing, a lot of people have tagged me up in it. I had recorded early last week before all that broke nuts and loose and whatever. Uh, all I'll say is, you know, form your own opinion, whatever. But uh, obviously, if I'm going to make a video, I'm going to tell my side of whatever, right? Like, that's how the world works. There's something to that situation, in my opinion. I mean, he can post all the haters going to hate videos he wants and, uh, you know, I didn't do anything wrongs and whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think there's more to the situation. Uh, But for me... Uh, and that's between him and Hank Wilt at the at the end of the day. But for me, um, I think 
the biggest thing is he posts on social media, which I didn't think you could do. And reading the Bassmaster Rule says you cannot participate in social media. He posts that, that the rocks had been placed across the ditch that he was running in or whatever. Um, and I didn't think you could do that. Hank apparently explained, Hank Weldon, tournament director, explained to the top ten that participate mean, en- meant engaging in social media. Tricky. You know, this is following a week where he disqualifies Trey for the insurance thing, but then I don't know. I don't know. It's confusing um, for a lot of reasons, but there's a lot of talk around this situation, and I know he's done other podcasts and he's post videos and whatever, but I like to have Keith on to talk about it. But um, I don't know, man. There, there's something to it. There's a lot of people that are upset that I know very well that uh, seem to think there were some shenanigans at play there, but I'll give Keith this, man. I don't know Keith that well. I don't know him at all, really. And uh, he catches them in them opens, man. He's been he's been absolutely blasting them this year. So not trying to take anything away from him at all. I just see a lot of comments, man. He's got a lot of support from people because he's in the aluminum boat. He's fighting for the little guy kind of deal. Man, I, I don't know. I think you can't you can't believe everything you see or read or whatever. And uh, and there's always two sides to every story and the truth somewhere in the middle. That's that's how life works. So uh, maybe we can get Keith on and talk about it at some point. And uh, and you know it's between. I think he got protested maybe, and I, I'd have to ask Hank that or Keith that. But I do believe he got protested. Somebody thought they saw him, you know, winching himself into an area to get a to get in there, which you can't do. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, by the video of him, I don't know how you would see him, to be honest, because it's like a, a ditch out of, off the main river, whatever. Um, but very interesting situation. I don't have a lot on it other than hearsay on both sides. So, you know, whatever, maybe we can get Keith on. I haven't attempted to, I think he did BTL. I haven't listened to it. I'm pretty sure he did. He went on there with Panger and talked about it, but I haven't, uh, I don't know. I just think that, uh, there's definitely a lot to the story on both sides. Like somebody put rocks to keep him from running in because they were pissed that he was fixing to win the tournament because they deemed something he was doing was, was shady. And then he didn't get DQ'd. So they were like, I'll go dump some damn rocks in the mouth of this cut. And then the rocks got moved. I don't know. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. But uh, regardless, looks like he's headed back to the elite series. If he keeps, uh, he called him in the Northerns, he requalified. So looks like Bass is getting Poche back. Um, if he if he so chooses, right? If he so chooses, all right. More here we go. Even more. So this week, this week, uh, this past week, if you've noticed at all, if you've if you've had a brain and you've been on social media, and I know you have been because we're all addicted to it. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of the BPT guys posting polls: five fish versus every fish count. Five fish catchway release versus every fish counts. There's a, there's there's some there's some uh, changing of the tide stuff going on at the Bass Pro Tour, man, and MLF. And I, I I just think that if if first of all if they're willing to change that to five fish and go back to five fish, even though five fish was horrible, even though they're going to do catchway release, right? Five fish were horrible. We're going to do everything. It's more exciting. Yada yada yada. If they were to go to that. And it's very obvious those conversations are happening, and I've talked to a couple guys, and those conversations are definitely happening. It it would seem to me that things aren't going well and that you need, uh, you know, as a whole, you, and you're trying to bring more fans there, the ones that have just said, hell no, I'm not watching this for years. Now, I mean, we're, we're four seasons into this or whatever at this point. Um, 
But for me, man, that was just your damn, you was going to die with that, right? You were stepping on the throat of everybody that thought five fish were great and just every fish counts as the deal and this is what we're going to do. I applaud the willingness to change, but damn, you, you rode that, you rode the horse for four years. I, I don't know. Uh, I think that, uh, and I think that, that if you are a fan and you've hated it and there are, seem to be a lot of people, maybe they're just loud, you know, the ones that don't like it, but I think that, that you're going to watch it if it goes to five, because it's just what we've always known. Right. Um, and I never had a problem with the format. Like, I, whatever. Uh, I'm not good at math, so when somebody catches 72 that weigh, you know, 56 pounds, like, I can't do that math. I went to county school. Like, I, I can't do that math. But now you tell me you caught five for 36, like, I know what that means. And I know that's a big deal. Uh, we'll see. That's There's definitely uh, – also, word on the street, they're moving everything, all operations into Benton, Kentucky. No more MLF office out in Tulsa, so – which makes sense, and you know, who needs a bunch of offices to run tournaments out of once you own, you know, one, and obviously with the bulk of the events ran out of Benton, Kentucky, it would sure make sense to just kind of be headquartered up there. That's a great area, and, and that's where, uh, you know, most of the tournament directors and things are out of, so that would that would make sense for sure, but I don't know. I don't know. That one's, uh, that one got me this week. That was wild to see. Just, uh, and the guys I've talked to are like, man, I don't know. I don't know. We One thing about it over here is just change is inevitable. <laughs> We're just going to change. There's just going to be another change. <laughs> You're just – which all each change. You got to. You got you got to adapt. But I think that, uh, that really something has happened, in my opinion, to make that come about because – they are have been, and by they, I'm not even talking about the anglers. I'm talking about the the ownership and things. They are the kings of cut off your nose to spite your face, right? So leaning on that format forever, um, and now being willing to or thinking they need to change it. And I don't know if that's for the Bass Pro Tour. I don't know if that's for these team events that they're running now. You know, the cups or whatever. I don't know the General Tire Team Series or whatever it is. Shout out General Tire. Send me some tires. I just gave you a sponsor plug. Uh, I don't know. And one angler I talked to said it could be a, a combination. Maybe they do one event this, one event that. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. But I think ultimately, if they do this, and I may get tomato, tomato, tomatoes thrown at me for saying this, I think it makes it very interesting. I think it makes it very interesting in in the in the Bass versus Bass Pro Tour, the Elite Series versus Bass Pro Tour battle royale that's happening, um, because then it's just the same old same old that everybody's used to, and they're gonna get some eyeballs. They're gonna get some eyeballs because. Like, you can love it, hate it, whatever, but there's some freaking Stone Cold Killers over there. <laughs> I mean, Stone Cold Killers that you used to love watching. be like watching your favorite cartoon every Saturday morning, then they switch to another network, and you didn't watch it because you didn't like that network. But every now and then you might peek at it. Well, cartoons might be kind of doing the same thing again. I don't know. I don't know. Be interesting to see, man. It it could it could change some things. And then I, I think that 
I think for people that are looking to qualify through the Toyotas, Pro Circuit, whatever, if that became a thing, that it's just five fish like like all the other trails, which would make sense. Uh, I don't know. I think that it 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 definitely brings some interest to them that they may have lost because of the every fish counts format. Another thing, and we talked about it on here with little Alton Jones Jr. The format guys like now look, these guys have won at every level. So no offense, but guys like Connell and Wheeler, uh, Justin Lucas has mastered the format. He's won in every format, just like these other guys I'm naming, but they seem to be very good at that thing. First of all, they're amazing at catching bass, but they're very good at figuring out the class bass, that, that where they live in these lakes, how, and, and the strategy that comes in with the cuts and with this and the, with the, that, with the every fish counts, for, they're great at it. And I just think it would be very interesting to see, like if they start doing five fish, catch weight release and they did it for three years with the same group of guys right and then you went back and compared it for three years to the who is in the top 10 aoi it would be fun it'd be cool to go back and see like who's who where's you know obviously wheeler's going to be in contention no matter what they do i'm just saying i think that it, it could shake things up man it really could and i think excitement level wise it could definitely shake things up as well and and uh i think that I have said the the release them right there is great for the fishery, obviously, and it makes for the like the the Texas Toyota Fest tournaments are very cool to keep up with. But my thing is, I think that BPT, if they did that, that's a step in the right direction for them. Obviously, the next step would be some kind of fan interaction. They've tried some different things, but I almost think you got to go to a Texas Toyota Fest style deal where if you're on a smallmouth lake, right up north, uh, they're they're fishing uh, Sag Bay up there, Saginaw Bay. 20-inch smallmouth, whatever the case is, right? You get to bring one in. So you utilize your live wells, fish care, yada, yada, and you get to bring them to a weigh-in or a celebration or whatever. But people like to see that. They like to see what's in the lakes that they live in or live around, and I think that could help them, you know, um, for sure. So something along those lines where you bring in a big one or whoever catches the, you know, I don't know, it's got a – they put a weight – minimum on it a five pound plus you know wherever they're at you base it off of where you're at like kind of like they do the minimums now for keepers but you base it off of that bring in a big one i think something like that could could really help them as well and generating some kind of fan presence at those events that i i really you know talking to other to, to sponsors and things i do think they are missing that other than what they did at red crest this year where they had a pretty good crowd and and uh, they had an exciting finish there with bobby lane and it was pretty cool to see how that all played out, right? But I think that at their normal events, they've got to have some kind of fan interaction activation. And I think that could definitely, definitely do it. So something along those lines. But going to be, uh, looks like potentially some changes coming coming uh, down the line. And I think that, look, I think for guys, because there are, there are a lot of guys that are unhappy over there that I know that are just kind of like, oh, what the hell's going on week in and week out. And I think that, that will shut a lot of them up. I really do. I really do. They got a great schedule next year. They go back to five fish in the BPTs. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Something that I do not think is cool is <laughs> cheaters. <laughs> cheaters. Cheaters. Whether it's bass fishing, snagging them, all you <laughs> snaggers out there, or uh, just sight fishing snaggers. 
snaggers and uh, or rule breakers, information cheaters, liars, and thieves, whatever. But man, in the walleye world, Jake Runyon and Chase Kaminsky, and this these videos have been everywhere, but in case you were not online this weekend and not sent this by all your fishing buddies, in a Lake Erie walleye trail event, these bozos who had won several events up in those part of the that part of the world from what I understand they won a big event last year and failed a polygraph test not sure on what basis but these guys were leading the angler of the year race going into this event for this trail show up at the weigh-in with eight pounds worth of weights shoved into walleye wait a second what'd you say eight pounds worth of lead weight eight pounds worth of lead weight and they shoved walleye fillets the filleted walleye shoved walleye to try to soften to put some meat around the freaking weights these guys are next level shady do not deserve to ever have a fishing license again in any state and the fact that they made it out of the parking lot is amazing to me without taking a beating there were some pissed off guys uh, in all the videos I saw, one of the pictures is funny. Little Chase, he's he's curled up in what appears to be his mommy's lap. Oh, wearing his tournament jersey while the police have him there. Oh, poor Chase, poor Chase and Jake. Uh, of course, all their social media is locked down now, and 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 should be. But man, they're wearing their jerseys, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. But all cheaters are pathetic. They just are in tournament fishing, and I think that. Uh, I think until somebody like this is prosecuted, and they should be to the fullest because, man, they want a lot of money. I don't know how that'll all go, but it's the same in the bass world with some of the the things that have been out there, video evidence of freaking cheaters, different things over time until people are DQ'd, until they're banned, until they're ran out of the sport, this kind of crap will continue to happen, period. End of story. So I I think that uh, there's got to be – I applaud – this tournament trail, dude, they cut the fish open right in front of all the angles. It was wild. It's wild videos. You haven't seen it, go check it out. It's, it's crazy. But Jake Runyon, Runyon, your life, and Chase Kaminsky right there. I mean, whew, whew. Ah, it's ugly. It's ugly. I, I can't imagine uh, what, like, if you were at a 200-boat big team tournament on Pickwick and they had found this at the weigh-in in front of a bunch of dudes – I just can't imagine what would have happened, especially if the guy's just been been beating everybody and whatever. Because that's the that's that's the frustrating part, right? When you find a guy because they're always it seems like they're cocky and they got their sponsors and they do their deal, right? They're all over social media and they're superstars. And then when you see there's a little ding in the crown, you're like, oh, wait a second now, wait a second now. So and that was some of the people screaming in the background during this video, just like. Oh my God! You have you how long have you been doing this? It's wild, son. Wild, and they made it out. They made it out unscathed, as far as I know. But whew, I'd hate to be them. I'd hate to be them. And dude, just like it's fishing, right? You either catch them or you don't. And I know there's a lot of pressure in big money events and things like that. But at the end of the day, it is freaking fishing. And not only did you ruin your tournament career, you you ruined the legitimacy of anything you've ever done if you did do it legit at all, but what you did is made it where you can never enjoy that sport again for yourself, for your family. Like, like, I just don't get it. And it's the same with the guys that do bullcrap and bass fishing. Um, it's, It's pathetic. 
It's pathetic. And it's ego-driven, and it's been around a long time. But we were talking, you know, you had the Tony Christian incident years ago in FLW, but me and some buddies were talking last night. Can you imagine when that all went down, if social media had been a thing and, like, cell phone cameras and, dude, I can't even imagine because it just went like dust in the wind, son, <laughs> when it went away. Whoo, but I can't imagine had there been Facebook then and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat, what what would have came of that situation? Oh, my God, just can't even imagine. Would have been wild. Speaking of wild, I am... Uh, I am elated. I am elated to to have this gentleman on. We're going to give him a call. He is a bass fishing Hall of Famer. He is someone I have looked up to most of my life. And I was in Birmingham when he won the Bassmaster Classic in 2002, sitting up front with a good friend of mine when they pulled him through. I still remember the chills to this day watching him win the Classic, and he's just a saint of a guy, and he's retired from the Elite Series, had some health issues, but he agreed to come on. We're going to call him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, a bass fishing legend, Jay Ellis. If Jay answers. We'll see. Hello, Jay Ellis. And Jay didn't answer. Jay didn't answer. So we're gonna we're gonna see. <laughs> he was supposed to answer at two thirty, and uh, and he didn't. That's the most low budget live thing ever. I think we said two thirty. Yep, two thirty. Jay. All right, I got to ramble about something else. I did so such a good intro there, guys. Such a good intro. That was the most low budget live thing of all time. So Jay had a Cast for Kids event today, and he was uh, he may still be wrapping that up. But we had uh, we had set a time. But Jay is uh, I, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. Him retiring, and and we had another one of the Japanese anglers. I forget his name. Uh, Called it quits on the Elite Series as well, and that's going to help guys get back in. and And uh, I know Justin Atkins is sure happy about it. But let's see if we can get Jay. We're going to call him again. We're just going to keep calling him. I'm like a I'm like a bad boyfriend, just over and over and over till I get you. Yeah, this is Jay. Jay Ellis, Luke Duncan, Low Budget Live. How are you, sir? Yeah, hey, Luke, I'm good. Yeah, you caught me at a good time. I'm just driving along. Just where where are you headed in the world? I'm headed to Tyler, Texas. Back. I was up in Texarkana this morning at a, one of our Cast for Kids events. Okay, so so are you are you mainly in Tyler now, or do you go back to the West Coast some? I'm mostly on the West Coast. I'm just down here for about a week. We had a an event left in yesterday and then uh, Texarkana today and we have one in Tyler next Saturday and so I'm I'm just gonna be I got some family down here gonna hang out in a few days I'm gonna head up to the Hall of Fame banquet on Thursday in Springfield and but no I, I live up in Oregon I'm just down here for a week that now how many of the cast events are you guys running a year 
at this point. Well, this year we're having 80 events around the country. It's wow. Like, at all time high, we've really bounced back from COVID, and uh, it's yeah, it's great. We just wide open. We had today, we had an event in Oklahoma City, one in Lubbock, one in Texarkana, one in Sam Rayburn, and one in California. So, we last week, last Saturday, we had seven events, and this time of year is our busy time, Luke, because all the weather is so good. All, it's the most consistent weather of the year, mm-hmm. unless you're in Florida, of course. Of course, they, yes. Yeah, but everywhere else, it's you, you don't get a lot of lightning and thunder and stuff this time of year. It's pretty nice. So they, people like to plan the events when the weather's good for the kids, and it's a busy time. But, yeah, yeah. What? What? So you're gonna do your podcast? Yeah, we're we're on it right now. We're rocking and rolling, oh, man. Yeah, we're okay, we're great. recording. I was gonna ask. What uh, on the the cast events? Explain those to the folks listening, just in in a nutshell, because you've been doing them for a very long time, and I, I've got several friends that have participated in those over the years, and they're great events. But just kind of give everybody a rundown and and how they can find out more information about those. Sure, Luke. Uh, we the Cast for Kids Foundation. Uh, we put on fishing events for special needs kids and. With the foundation's been around about 31 years, and I I started with the foundation in 2005 as a board member, and I was for 10 years. And then the founder of Cast for Kids retired in 2014. So in 2015, I moved from being a board member to the executive director role, and I'm running it day to day. So I've been doing that for the last eight years, and fishing the elite series, and and uh, just been really it's a lot doing all that. And so I'm, I just focused on fishing. I mean, running the cast for kids events now. So I'm retired from the elite series to do that. And we, so well, like today I was at an event in Texarkana today and it's Brad Watley was there. He's an elite series yeah. pro and, and then several other local volunteer boaters. So volunteer boaters come out and they take, and the, take special needs kids from the community and their parents, sometimes their siblings out for a morning of fishing. And then we, they all come in about noon and we have a nice lunch for them. And then we have an award ceremony where we celebrate each child and show, show them that they're loved and valued by their community and that, and that they matter. And uh, they're just, you know, they're awesome kids. We get, you know, a lot of autistic kids, kids with down syndrome, some, we get kids that are physically handicapped that are in wheelchairs and you got, we've had blind children come and nonverbal kids, you name it. And it's a lot of some foster kids, you know, it's, they're basically open to disabled or disadvantaged youth. And, and, uh, and we have some shore events too. They're not all boating events. A lot, you know, some of our events, the kids just fish from shore. We had an event at Sam Rayburn this morning where they, they fish from shore and they caught a bunch of fish down there. So, but it's mostly just, you know, um, the Cast for Kids events are just all about celebrating these special needs kids and enriching their lives with a day of fishing and uh, celebration. And it's pretty special. It's something the kids really look forward to every year. Oh, and if you, sure. Yeah, so if you're the other half of your question was how can people learn more? They can, you know, our website is cast for kids org 
and then or we got lots of YouTube videos out there and Facebook page. We're all the time posting pictures from events, Instagram, and all that. So it's it's really heartwarming, you know, the, when you're able to, you know, take a kid out that's never been fishing or seldom fishing and and uh, show them a good time, put them on some fish, cheer them on, encourage them, and and uh, it's pretty makes for a pretty fun morning. Yeah, yeah, for you and the child, right? Like that. Right. That's, that's oh, yeah, always it's such, yeah. yeah, it's such an amazing experience sharing that, especially if it's someone's first time catching a fish and they never thought it was something that that would be possible. It's it's. Uh, I, I've worked a couple of events, local events, similar to to your cast events, and uh, it's a very. I, I encourage anybody listening to get involved. It's uh, it's a great great time and something you'll never forget for sure. And I thank yeah. you for doing that, man. That's, that's awesome. But, it, but it does sound like you are, uh, you are definitely, I was going to say, what are you going to do in your retirement? But you answered that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I did. I just, uh, decided to retire from professional bass fishing after 35 years. And I've, you know, it's been a wonderful career, Luke, and I'm thankful for each one of those 35 years that was able to live my dream as a youngster to, fish professionally and it's been great and i've and uh but i anymore i have you know i still love to bass fish i but anymore i love providing an opportunity to these kids even more than fishing tournaments so i'm just kind of focused on that now and gonna um try to you know work together with volunteers around the country to put on some more events for these kids and that's really what we rely on a lot of local local volunteers because mm-hmm. we can we can't we the foundation has a staff of six people and we we put on events ourselves but to really grow like we have to have volunteers that just step up and like the guy in Texarkana this morning they brought their kids to an event several years ago in Texas and they in Tyler and they they loved it so much that they said hey we want to start one of these events in our community and, and so we helped them do it and they uh they put on a great event for some wonderful kids this morning. So that's awesome. But that's what I, yeah, it's, it's a great, a great, uh, it's a great program. I love doing it and I, I'm going to miss being out there fishing, especially I'll just mainly miss all my friends that are out there. A lot of great guys on the tour and you know yeah, how it is. And yeah, it's man. great camaraderie amongst fish, the anglers and, Will you miss Canterbury at all? I mean, come on. Be, uh, will you miss <laughs> <Yeah>. Scott? <laughs> uh, well, I'll miss it really. Really, I can tell you that he he drinks some beer tenderloin and wrapped yeah. with bacon, jalapenos. That was kind of his specialty. But no, we or we cook fish or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I've been with Scott a long time. Oh I, yeah, yeah. He's I'll be I'll miss being around him. I won't get to see that him much anymore. He'll be out there fishing, and I'll be. Not not at the tournaments, but he'll either be fishing or at an Alabama football game. It's almost a guarantee. One of the two. Right? <laughs> that's that's right. That's amazing. Well, I, I had so you know I, I was when I was introing before I called there. I said I was in the arena. This is this is for me. And I, I text you, it'd be an honor for you to come on whenever we were setting this up, and and it is. So I just I want to thank you for coming on. You were always sure. a guy that I looked up to very much as a as a young man, and then as I got to know you a little bit, fishing against you on the FLW tour and things, you were just always such a gentleman and and so kind. And uh, 
but I, I was in the Birmingham, I was in the arena there when you won in 02, and I was on the front row with a good friend of mine, and I had just, I was 19 years old. No way. I was, oh, wow. yeah, and I was, I had just signed up for the Opens. Uh, there was no college fishing or anything like that, and the first Open season was coming up that I had signed up for, and uh, and I'll never forget that moment, man, them pulling you in, and uh, and I'm a river rat, you know, Tennessee river rat, not not so much Coosa. Right. Uh, I fished a Coosa a good bit, but, but the fact that you were below a dam just – I was, you were my guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I'd grown well, that up that fun. way, man. And, and that yeah. classic is but, always one that I'll just never forget. That is a fun way to fish, isn't it? I oh, love fishing man. Current, current for, you know, shallow rivers and stuff. It's just my favorite way to catch bass. And they're right up there on the bank and current in the current, current breaks. That's and right. Stuff. And yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that's, that was a, the, the high, one of the highlights of my whole career that, 35 years that one tournament there in uh, logan well no we we're at lay lake i was fishing right below logan martin mm-hmm. dam at the upper end of lay lake and now, he has a good memory the same the same year though you you won the flw angler of the year as well right you won angler of the year yeah, FLW. Did, was that yeah. the wheaties box here Cornflakes. Cornflakes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great. That was a great year. I had, I was, well, and then you won AOI with on the the Bassmaster side in 03. That was yeah. Those are a lot of great it, years. Fishing is funny how you can get on a hot streak like that. Amazing. Things just go your way for a year or two, and and it's like you can't do nothing wrong, and and uh, and then it doesn't stay that way forever. But you're just thankful for those runs that you do have. Because it's hard, it makes you, you don't appreciate it till you're later, later in life and you're grinding out there, not catching them and you're like, man, how come this isn't easy anymore? It used to be so easy. (laughs) That's something that I wanted to ask you just in this amazing career that you've had, all the, and, and all the changes that we've seen, and I'm not just talking about organizational, you know, organizational changes, all the things that, that are well publicized, but We've got electronics changes, different things. What what do you think, Jay? What's the most amazing thing to you or change development that we've seen that we are now utilizing versus when you first started to you? Oh, if gosh, there's just one thing yeah, that jumps out at you. It's it's probably going to, like everybody would say, it's that <clears throat> forward-facing sonar yeah. and the Garmin Live Scope and all that. It's just – that's – not it doesn't apply to every tournament or every fishery but boy when it's the deal it is the deal mm-hmm. and you just can't if you can't really compete with guys that are that are really fluent with that technology and and so that but thankfully it's it, you know there's it it does draw a lot of guys off the bank and it, for the shallow water guys they don't have as much pressure up shallow as they used to because everybody's out in the middle of the lake looking at their <laughs> looking down but 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 you can't it's hard to beat those guys up shallow you know Mm -hmm. they're just they're on the right way to fish out in the deep water and it's just that's that's been the biggest change there's been a lot of changes in the sport you know i think the fish have even changed a little bit all the because of all the pressure there's way more pressure now that'd probably be my number two comment would be the between all the high school college fishing tournaments and all the other adult tournament trails the, our fisheries get more pressure today than they've ever got. Mm-hmm. So those fish, you know, they're catching release. Most tournament tournament anglers catch and release. So the fish are still there. A lot of our fisheries are, have more fish than they've ever had, but they're, 
so educated that all the fish have been caught multiple times mm -hmm. in their lifetime. And so it's there. They're st and they're still biting. You can still get them, but you just don't get a lot of bites in a day on a heavily pressured like lake like Gunnersville. You're you're going to get right. like seven or eight bites a day, and you and they're going to be pretty good ones. But you, you better execute on those because it's you're not going to get twenty or thirty bites, you know, most days in a tournament on these heavily pressured lakes. So it it wasn't that way when I started in the late '80s and the '90s, and you know, even the 2000s. I've just seen a lot of change that way from fishing pressure, and it's. We saw, you know, we had that season where the Alabama rig was legal mm -hmm. and how lethal that was on these fish just because you're, it was a new way to fool a fish that had been caught 10 times on, yes. a, on a, a single lure, but now that's been outlawed. But that speaks to the fishing pressure element that we're dealing with and how that's changed our fisheries a, a good bit. But thankfully, guys, they catch and they take good care of them in their live wells and let them go and they're still in there and they're spawning and, and there's a lot of fish in our lakes. The fishing's, you know, the fishing's good. It just, um, and that's why you see the weights are still strong. Most places we go, their fish are still there. You just don't catch quite as many as you did back in the day. Yeah. I, I think that that is, uh, it's, it, you can definitely make a statement to me that our fisheries are healthier than they've ever been. But fishing yes. pressure certainly, certainly, uh, you know, kind of, kind of puts its foot on the brake a little bit as far as how many bites you're getting. You know, I can remember the heydays on Gunnersville and Pickwick, and man, you could truly catch over fifty bass to a hundred bass. You know what I mean? Just these crazy, sure. crazy days. And now a banner day, you might get one day a year where you get some significant numbers. And other than that, it's just kind of hunting and pecking around. And like you said, seven to eight bites, and you better land them <laughs> because right. yeah, you're not going to get another is. chance. Yeah, but it's still fun. You know, so that much competition fun. is it's still fun trying to figure out how to get those. It keeps you focused all day because, you know, you're, you're, you can't afford to miss them. You're not going to get, you know, a lot of fish in a day. So that, there's always a few days each year, like you said, when the weather conditions line up and the fish are just feeding like crazy. Mm -hmm. We're on, on all these lakes so you can go out and catch several dozen bass, but those, those days you can count them on one hand pretty <laughs> you can, much. You can. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Do you think with these, talking about these guys in the middle of the lake, because that's a constant topic of conversation now, do you think those fish were always there and we I just didn't so. have the technology? Yeah, I think we just never fished for them. That's just, you know, I, the lake, our lakes are full of bass and they, but we, we didn't ever fish for them when they were out there suspended mm -hmm. in the middle of the lake. And that's where they, the, especially the bigger fish spend most of their life out there. They're not up on the bank except for maybe the spring and the fall. Mm -hmm. And most, you know, it's a general rule on a, on a reservoir, uh, a river is a totally different situation, but I think even in rivers, the fish will get out in the river and suspend and not, you know, um, not be up on the bank a lot of the times. But they're, yeah, it's it's just a, opened a new frontier, you know, with that live scope. It's like you can just go around looking for them in the middle of the lake. 
It's it really and it, they guys will track they'll find one big fish and they'll just chase it all day till they catch it. It's incredible. I, I had yeah. a friend of mine at Lake Fork was telling me a story. He he caught an eleven pounder earlier this year and he said he chased this fish for four hours. <laughs> and he told me the story and he's like, She would come up on my jerk bait and then she would go back to a stump. And then she would come up on my jerk bait and go back and he said, and This just went over and over and over and over and over, and uh, then all of a sudden she bit, and I'm like, man, th- this is such a, so it's it's like the wild west right now, and and what we're learning about yeah, that, it, it is. Was it something it, that that you had adopted uh, bef- before before you decided? You know, no, I know you've had some. Were well, you still trying to trying to do the same thing that you that that made you famous? Like, you yeah, that's fantastic hard. jig that, that, and spinnerbait fisherman. Yeah, I I had a live scope on my boat and all the great latest and greatest Garmin electronics on my boat. And I would absolutely use those and they would help me, but I was not, um, that was not my a game. When I, when I'd go to a lake, I wouldn't go out and practice like a lot of these young guys do just going out. They don't even cast. They just, mm-hmm. they just troll around the lake looking at their, at their screen, looking for fish as, as a sight fisherman would in the springtime, yep. they would just troll around on wide open on their electric motor, looking for bedding fish. And guys are doing that in the middle of the lake, looking for fish on trees and sus- or suspended or whatever points. And I, so I, yeah, I, well, I learned how to fish by actually casting and working a bait and getting bites. That's how I learned how to find fish. And, and I primarily, fish in sh- you know shallow water in tournaments even though i know how to catch them deep it's, i just don't like fishing in those huge crowds that get out mm-hmm. out offshore and so i yeah i mean i would it would i would use it as a tool and it has helped me in some tournaments but it was not something that i went out looking for and uh i but i used it a lot to i found it a lot uh, very helpful to find bait fish yeah you know a lot of shallow you go back you know, in certain times of year when the fish, the bait fish aren't flipping on the surface, you know, when it's colder, you can see all the bait fish up in, you know, in that perspective mode up in the mm-hmm. shallow, you know, you go to the back of a little shallow muddy creek that's five feet deep. And, and some, some places would just be alive with fish swimming all over the place. Mm-hmm. And those are the places you wanted to fish, but that's, that wasn't targeting individual fish as much as it was you know finding bait fish that you would never see with traditional sonar and shallow dirty water creeks and stuff but we um but yeah they i mean it's it's sure fun to use when you're out on the great lakes smallmouth fishing and stuff and i used it in tournaments in those situations and and some others it's uh but yeah it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks you know (laughs) you have a when you do it for 20, well, more than 25 years, probably 27, 28 years, I fished competitively and before forward facing sonar came out. So I, you know, you, you get pretty good at a certain strategy and an approach to it. Yeah. Your practice, your events, like it's you hard know, to just throw yeah, all that away yeah. and just start all over. So I didn't ever did do that. I, I found myself gravit the last later years in my career gravitating towards the the, the sh- looking for shallow fish that everybody else was overlooking and that you could have a lot less pressure on. And I had a lot of fun doing that, but it's really hard to win doing that and, um, most of the time. So it's um, 
that's kind of how the my the last seven eight years have played out for me. And mm-hmm. you'd, you'd find them up there sometimes, but there'd always be somebody that would find them out there deep. I remember one tournament at Lake Fork. Patrick Walters won it. Remember that one mm-hmm. two or three years ago in like November, and I finished third there. Catch him on a spinner bait and square bills and jigs up in the river part of Lake Fork, but I was like 20 pounds or 30 pounds behind <laughs> Patrick crazy. Walters who blew it away, live scoping him off standing timber suspended and on a jerk bait. So yeah, it's just a, that's the deal. And if I was a young angler learning how to tournament fish, I, there's no doubt you better get really, really good with that live scope. You need to read or whatever product you're using, you mm-hmm. know, there's, they all have it, but so they, all the electronics, I know, some of the guys like Jacob Wheeler has, he's got Garmin. He's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got everything, every tool at his disposal on his boat. And that's kind of how a, a young up and coming guy would want to be. I, you'd want to be fluent with that stuff. With everything. That's the new, that, mm-hmm. it's the new frontier. You got to be on the, stay on that, live on that cutting edge in bass fishing and all this, the new technologies that come out and, and always keep an eye out for new baits and yes. techniques, even though those are, those are, they don't come along, but every like once or a decade or something, yeah. but every now and then something comes out that's really that you better a get. game changer. Yeah, for sure. And we, you're right. We've seen, and they, they become their own category when they come out, it seems, you know, like the chatterbait yep. or the Cinco or uh, right. the Whopper Plopper, you know, when that thing yeah. came out, uh, much like a buzz bait or a spinnerbait back in the day. I mean, there yeah. are, you know, once these things, once they happen, uh, they're magic. And you're right. We don't see that near enough uh, these days. A lot of copycatting kind of stuff and not a lot of innovation, but it there'll be something else. There's always the next. Uh, there always yeah, that's the, that's the way it is in all walks of life. That's There's right. always something new coming along. You that's can't right. imagine what it could be. It'll be coming. And just get ready. And if you're, I remember when the Bastrix came out, yes. like in 07, and I got Goodness. on that bandwagon really early. And I, I threw it everywhere we went with FLW that year. And I got Angler of the Year. And I caught like <laughs> almost all my fish on a Bastrix <laughs> swim bait. I couldn't believe it. And I haven't, I haven't caught nothing on that years now. I mean, he'll still catch fish, but. It was like magic back then. You throw it; the fish had never seen it, and that was the deal. Unbelievable! And, and uh, we'd go to lakes, and you throw it down the side of a dock, and every everything under the dock would come out and fall: <laughs> bass, bluegill, crappie, unbelievable catfish. It was unbelievable. It was just crazy. It was really hard to get them then too. You had to call this tackle shop in California and order overnight, like like every other day. It was just it was wow. nuts. But that's 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 a that's an example of what we're talking about yeah. with these new 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 bait. It could be a new technique, or it could be a new bait, um, yeah. or new electronics technology. But there's yeah, there's there's always something new, and we don't know what it's going to be the next thing. But it'll you got to be ready for it. And there's a lot of things that have come out that are junk. Not everything. That's, that's true. right. That's it's right. A game changer. So you got to be able to weed through the junk and what's really the real deal. You, and you got to be unafraid to 
swipe your credit card and buy some junk along the way because you never know where there might be oh, a yeah. little gym in there. <laughs> but I, I get That's in trouble true. with my wife for all of the junk that I buy that turned, that just turns to junk because yeah, anything, anytime stuff pops up, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta give that a try. Especially top, I'm obsessed with top waters. Some oh, of the I Japanese stuff. Yeah, I've just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about different shapes and sizes and anything. Uh, that pops up online. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta try this. Uh, is it true with the? So I had heard this story, but you would uh, during that Angler of the Year run with that Bastrix, you were staying with Canterbury, I believe, or you and Canterbury were just buddies. But he was getting those from you uh, at at the same time. And my buddy Brad Knight that ended up winning the Forest Wood Cup. Brad's obsessed with swim baits to this day. But he said the first swim bait that he had ever seen was a used. Bastrix and Canterbury gave him one and either you had used it or Canterbury had used it and Brad won a local event on it on Lake Cherokee and he said him and his buddy glued that thing and used a cigarette lighter to put it this one back together so many times that's probably true they were so hard to get I mean you just couldn't get them you know and I had a I had a connection in California that I was able to get them from but it was most guys couldn't get them and that was the other thing that was an advantage. I mean, you yeah. had this great hot lure and people couldn't get it. Amazing. And, and then you go back to those lakes the next year, or the year after, and the, like every, in practice, you'd go around fishing and every local boat would be throwing it, you know? <laughs> and and you like, well, that's over with. You don't even get it out of the rod locker then. You're like, eh, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, Scott, yeah, I'm sure there's some truth to that. Yeah. Scott, Scott started his career in 08 and that's in 07 right. is, Oh seven to year I got uh, right. okay. the swim bait angler of the year title and, and so in oh eight that was the, all the rage. Everybody was getting their hands on That's those so bastard swim baits. And now now there's other swim baits people seem to throw more. I don't you don't hear much about that lure anymore. Well, it, but it's just, it did. It went away for a while, and then I think they're back now, back in business, though. I think they got bought out or something. But, no, you're right. It was on Pickwick. It was the Rage. On Gunnersville out deep. I mean, it was the only thing anybody threw for a very long time, and, and oh, yeah. several others have, have, have came and gone as well since then. But uh, it was certainly – it was magic back in those days, man. God, but to hear that, I got that made me smile here, and you'd say, yeah, I just threw it everywhere we went. One angle of the year, no yeah. big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the only place they well, I, that year, Luke. The only place I couldn't catch one on it was on the Potomac River. Really? And they would they would bite everything in my tackle box, but the bass trick swim bait. And so I, no I caught them flipping or swimming a jig. I don't remember what I was doing there, but yeah, it was. But like that, remember we went to Beaver and Lake Norman and yeah, some other fisheries that year that um, it was just every they would just bite it like crazy and. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, it was fun. That's awesome. good memory. That's amazing. Uh, so, <laughs> what if you had to pick? And I'm no no bassman. I'll take the Bassmaster Classic out of this. What is the most special tournament to you from your career? Oh, the last. <clears throat> let's see. The most special tournament. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> if I could just pick one, gosh, I think it might be most. You'd have to have some real old listeners to remember this one, but I'm going to throw it all the way back to 1995, 1995. And back then bass had what they called their superstars tournament mm-hmm. and super. And they had it only three years. They had it in 93, 94 and 95. And 
I won it in 95 and they had a big indoor arena way in just like the classic. It was like a second classic back then. Uh-huh. And that was, you know, I was a youngster. I had just only been fish, pro, fishing with, I started with bass in uh, 89. So I'd only been doing it for five or six years. And I got an, I, invi- I got an invite to that because oh, the only reason I was in the tournament was because the classic champion, the former year was Brian Kershaw and he had died in that plane oh, crash. Wow. And otherwise I would have never been in the tournament, but, and Brian is, he was an awesome, Yeah, I got an awesome young man. And I thought the world of him and that was such a tragedy. And wow. we've never had a tragedy like that since no. thank God, but, um, but, because, but they, the qualification process was for X, you know, the classic champs and angler of the years or whatever. And I can't remember that the rest of it might've been off like all time winnings or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't recall exactly, but because he wasn't in it, they had to get one extra guy and I was the first man out of their qualification process. And so I got to fish it and I ended up winning. It was on the wow. Illinois river. I was going to say, Illinois. Illinois. yeah, Illinois river. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so that, that was my first big, win you know and back in 95 and that back then you know where it was just the spinnerbait tournament the river was flooded and high and and uh but i know my you know, my family was there and it was just a really special special event for me first big win you might say on the national stage so i i really have great memory remember at the we had a after the tournament was over they had a a dinner that night for all the competitors and their families and the, the local, all the local dignitaries and the local, the mayor of Pure Illinois was there because he was one of the hosts of the tournament. He, he was so moved by something that I said at the way in that he sang a song to me or to the whole crowd at the awards dinner. And it was, he was inspired to sing that song by something that I'd done that week. I don't wow. remember what it was. Oh, it's so funny. So the mayor's up there behind this podium. Singing. In front of this black tie banquet, singing a song. And anyway, it was just incredible. It was, pretty, it was a cool deal. It was a great, yeah, that's a great memory. Not, back in 95. Back in 1995. I sound like an old I, wa- I watched that one on, I watched Bob Cobb talk about that one on TNN. Trust me, I had that one recorded on a VHS tape at my mom's oh, yeah. house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember that a, one. That was, yeah, that was, that was just a kid back then. It was some good times in the 90s. It's a totally different game than it is today. That's a fact. That's for sure. That is a fact. It is. Uh, it's. It's incredible how much things have changed. But one thing that hasn't changed, Jay Ellis, you are a class act, and I cannot thank you enough for taking time to talk to me on here, man. It's been. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and it's been an honor. And I wish you luck with everything. And uh, you let me know if you ever need any help with with uh, a cast event. I would. I would love to help. Yeah, that'd be great, Luke. That sounds good. Where, where are you living these days? I'm, I'm in uh, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. I'm an hour uh, south of Nashville and, and right north of Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So okay. down on Pickwick. Yeah. Never down this way. Down on Pickwick. Yeah, we, we have an event coming up next Saturday at Gunnersville. It, it, uh, it's, I don't know, it's probably like two hours. Yeah, a couple there, hours away, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of our big showcase events each year. It's got a lot of – it's – well attended and a lot of great people in that town and we have it every year and the kids just love it so but any we'll 
we're trying to we're, we're trying to get one going on Pickwick too. I'll let you know if we do. That'll be even closer do. to you. Please yeah. do. I would appreciate it. Well, thanks for that. having me on. Hey, thank you for everything in the sport, Jay. You're the man. All right, man. Thank you, Anytime. Jay. Anytime. Have a great day. You too. Jay Yellis right there. And look at this. It doesn't get any more low budget than your mic stand. Literally. Just, it just fell off. I know y'all give me heck in the comments about me messing with this all the time, but it falls off constantly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Screw it. We'll just lay it down. We'll just do it like this. We'll close the show like this. That interview brought to you by the W Sauce, the juice there. America's Worcestershire Sauce. We just call it the W Sauce. We've got the Fire Shire and the W Sauce bringing you all the goods. Look at this. They need to bring me a new mic stand. I don't know what happened. Oh, well. We'll figure it out after the show. Thank you guys so much for listening each and every week. I appreciate each and every one of you. Going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. And I'll see y'all next week. Spanish moss and Civil War ghosts Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care, no And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord For the best fishing action along Panama City Beach Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.